0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode two hundred and eighty-six. How you all doing, guys? Thank you for tuning in. I realise I've 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 had a few amazing episodes recently with SPs, Sarah Pasco and Serge Pizzorno, and Scroobius Pip. Just this, I don't know why I've started the podcast with that. This week's guest is the equally amazing Tez Ilias. Um I've been a fan of Tez for a while. I caught him on on Man Like Mobeen, which I rate so highly. You can watch it um, on iPlayer or on I think he's on Netflix at certain places in the world and stuff like that. So I recommend it highly. But Tez recently had his was given his own uh, weekly show on Channel Four, the Tez O'clock Show, and it was fantastic. We recorded this before that happened, and we talk about the kind of his journey into comedy. His journey to s- suddenly having his own channel for kind of a w- weekly news type show—it's fantastic. Before we get into that, I need to tell you all quickly. I-, I do the longer chat at the end. I'll be talking more about stuff that I'm plugging. I'll be talking about the Patreon and SpeechOfRecords dot com. There, that's all I'm going to mention of them here. But what I am going to mention is the new Pod Bible podcast because I really think y- you'd all enjoy it, and I'd love it if you could. Could give it a, a listen. It comes out every Monday, and it's twenty minutes or so. So the idea is that it's a bite-sized uh, meal supplement rather than meal replacement uh, to your weekly podcast diet. And it's for that gap at the at the end of your journey when you're you're going to or from wherever you're going to or from, and you've finished a podcast, but you don't really want to start a new one because it'll be a whole new chunk. It sits there, and you can if you've got it on automatic download, it can be your break glass in case of emergency when you're off wi-fi and it's just there to to treat you and what it is is myself Stuart Whiffin and Adam Richardson sit down with podcasters and talk about their podcast and their favorite podcasts so it's a way of you finding out about podcasts you've maybe not heard of and hearing more about the podcast you already love so yeah please give that a look we are putting a lot of time into that um so all of your support is hugely appreciated you've got time now if like i'm just i'll i'll slow down the intro and you can open your chosen app oh oh, open it oh open it don't fast forwards o- open the app and just search pod bible and you'll see a lovely pod bible podcast and download it and give it a, 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 a listen we've had amazing guests so far including the birthday girls uh drunk Women solving crime Dan from No Such Thing as a Fish, Kate Th- Th- Thornton. The list is endless. The people that are coming on are people like R- Russell Tovey, J- Jamie East. Loads of really, really good people. C- Lloyd. Um It's fantastic. So give that a listen. I'd really appreciate if you can download and listen, give five-star reviews, subscribe, auto-download, all that kind of good stuff because it helps us get um, up the charts and get that exposure. It's it's a really important project that we're putting a lot of time and effort into purely for the the love of podcasts really and if you're here then you're someone who has that love so it'd be great if you could get involved in that anyway I will stop rambling on this episode as said it's with the wonderful Tez we hadn't really met properly we'd emailed each other there's kind of a nice story of the histories of the two of us that we discussed so I won't say much more I'll be back at the end to tell you about a few other things that are going on, because there are a few. There's some live shows that you need to know about and get involved in. And I'll tell you... Or next week's guest is the return of Frank Turner. Anyway, let's get on with the podcast. Please do stick around at the end, because the live sh- sh- show news is massive. In fact, I'll tell you quickly now. We're putting on two live shows at the at the London Podcast Festival on September 7th and 8th. One is... Hardcore House Party. So so it's the Hardcore Listing Lads and the Birthday Girls House Party plus some special guests who I won't tell you about but are very exciting. They're going to be putting together the top five things to make a perfect house party. And then there's Hardest Part of the Jaw which is Tuesday Night Jaw and the Hardest Part of the Ring podcast having a live wrestling quiz that you guys can get involved in. There will be prizes for the crowd but also... That the teams competing are some of your favourite people in the world. There's there's Matt Richardson, obviously he'll be competing on on behalf of Tuesday Night Jaw. But there's Ginny, f- former Progress w- w- Women's Champion, current NXT U- UK Star. Speaking of NXT UK Stars, there's Eddie Dennis, there's Isla Dawn. Maybe I'm going to be popping along. Um, yeah, it's amazing. So come down. Down to that, um, it's at the London Podcast Festival, as said on the um, Saturday the seventh and Sunday the eighth of September during the daytime as well. So it's not a big late night, and it's also not crazy early. Anyway, on with the podcast. I said I'd do my rambling at the end. I've done a little bit of it now. Ta ta. with Sage Francis, who's one of my cl- closest friends and an artist that influenced me more than anyone. Um, and we recorded that with him laying on a bed and me and me on a chair beside the bed. So I've started the, the recording to, to set the tone and tell the story of, of what we're doing here. I'm here with Tez How are you doing, man? I'm
1: good, bro. Thank you so much for having me.
0: And this is exciting because it's the first time we've met, but with I feel we've proper... Bro- Broke down on social media we've had a fair few different bits where we're backing each other where yeah, we're yeah, yeah, enjoying each other's stuff so it's nice to to finally be here in person and with you laying on a bed and, and so and, me.
1: and so intimately can to kind of tell you a little story but was it 2013 when you were at the Edinburgh Fringe
0: yes I think so yeah that so,
1: time. so was big fan of your music and stuff and I, and I saw it. you and I think you were you were performing there the whole Fringe yeah, uh, you had a show there, and and I saw you like you know, in the, I think it was in the Pleasance Dome. Um, you were at you was know, yeah. hanging out and stuff, and I was like, oh, I've got to, I've got to say hi to him, but, but I was too shy. Oh wow, I was that's too right. shy to come over and say hi. Yeah, yeah And yeah. now six years later, i brought you back to my hotel room.
0: Yeah, that's sweet. It got there in the it's, end. It's, it's, I mean, you're a slow worker, yeah. <laughs> but you're effective. dreams <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> come true, guys. It's 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 a mad one because sometimes people get mad that whenever I have a comedian, I always bring up the fringe but it's because it blows me away because i'm a massive comedy fan so aside from me getting to to, to do a show or in, enjoying it from the side of a performer from the side of a, of a punter it's like it's the most amazing thing there's so much comedy and so much culture and theater and everything else and on the side of a, a performer i just mentioned sage francis i explained the fringe to to Sage and B. Dolan the first time they came over because Americans don't really have
1: no. the
0: Fringe. And they were like, I following isn't that big in, or our is big in Scotland, but I don't know if we can do a whole month, blah, blah. I was like, oh no, it's a tour. You just stay in the same place and the audience comes to you. It's the most bizarre and amazing mm-hmm. concept that you're essentially, mm-hmm. you're playing to a tour's worth of people, but they're all travelling up and coming to you. It's so much easier. Yeah, the experience to people is, it's it's a it's almost a convention. Yeah. It's a convention.
1: You've got your little stall or, yeah. or a room, Um, and you get to do your stuff every single day. And then people will will come. And sometimes there'll be a full house. Sometimes yeah. it won't be as full. And if you're not as well known, it'll be. Sometimes it can be a struggle, but that's mm-hmm. all part of the learning, learning process. And the fringe is incredible. I, when I came to this land of work, bro, well, I had no experience. I had yeah. nothing. I had no frame of reference. No, the only thing I knew about the festival was there was a Perrier award. I know that was only because. Yeah. Once a year, it'd come up on BBC News about who'd won. That was my only reference yeah, yeah, to the Fringe yeah, yeah. Festival. I had nothing, nothing else. And so that first year, was it 2011? Um, just a couple of friends, me, Gary Trow, Kate Lucas, we were like, shall we go to the Fringe? And we were like, yeah. And then we just did a whole run together. The first time I'd been to Edinburgh.
0: And you were it was a tri- a trio show, right? Yeah. You kind of had a bit, a section each. Yeah, and then, so, yeah, so yeah, we yeah. just split an hour.
1: Yeah. Because none of us could carry an hour... You know, some could say I can not carry one now, but you know, but, back then.
0: Because- but that's a great idea as well, because again, it gets you up there and, get, and gets you in the thick of it, but it takes that pressure off of a show. Mm. Because, because the reason I've I've not been back is because with the fringe, it feels like you can't just g- go there and do a, g- a gig. Yeah, you've yeah, got to do a show. You've got to take so, because I went there and did a load of my spoken word stuff, it's like that's fine once, because that's one show touring obviously you play the same songs every night everyone cheers it's perfect it's the yeah. easiest gig ever whereas with the fringe you're like, i can't go back and do the same stuff
1: yeah with the fringe <laughs> also also what they want is a story a narrative yeah like, yeah your poems are great your spoken yeah. word is amazing yeah
0: but are but... your parents alive <laughs> yeah yeah. i'm what afraid the, they are uh, sorry yeah yeah <laughs>
1: They'll be not crying at the 40 minute mark in this show yeah. um yeah it, it, it is a, it is a crazy thing and 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 the fringe has been so impactful on comedy in this country, both positively and I think also negatively as well. Because yeah, I, I was I was encouraged to do a certain type of show, yeah, take a certain type of show to the fringe, a type of show that isn't the type that inspired me to get into comedy, yeah. And um, so uh, with, with, with with a strong narrative arc and, uh, and, and uh, who were kind of your kind of inspirations at that point? So many. So in this country, I would probably say Stuart Lee, yeah, uh, Peter Kay, Amazing, yeah. um Frankie Boyle. And then, and then, writers like Amanda Unichi and yeah. Chris Morris are real heroes of mine. Yeah. And then, and then, across the pond, you've got you know Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, yeah, um, and then then Trey Parker and Matt Stone, yeah, Sarah Silverman. You know, these yeah. people just really push the boundaries.
0: It's really interesting because I think it it, sh- it shows as as well the stuff I've seen of your sets feel like they've been influenced by that American style and delivery, I guess, and the and the sharpness of it. But they still feel very British. The, the 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 thing i love and we'll talk about this a lot because it's been in a lot of your work and it's obviously it's a big part of your life but you've the the reason i think we hit it off on twitter really well was i think you talk about l- life as a muslim mm. and certain muslim issues but not in a way that feels exclusionary or feels and it and that comes across in your comedy as well the a lot of the early stuff you did was like this is all about a british muslim mm. but it wasn't like oh it's only playing To Muslims, Mm, it's playing mm, to uh, to everyone to kind of open that door and uh, yeah, and welcome people in as such.
1: Yeah, I I, so so I grew up in in a very insular working class Asian. uh, town in a uh, uh, well, neighborhood in, in a town in uh in, Lancashire, in, in blackburn yeah and and then i went off to uni at 18 to lancaster which was my first exposure really to middle-class white britain right yeah and i just i really i really enjoyed it i really got like, like because, because <laughs> yeah. that was the time before we all got super woke and and we started thinking too much about what people were saying and how people were problematic and all that sort of i stuff. love and it, it
0: just, as well because just c- coming from a working-class town in lancashire mm. it's bold to say i was exposed to, to, to middle class life and i really liked it yeah, <laughs> rather than I'm go oh know, it's know, terrible these it people's like actually it's really nice i've got some nice stuff <laughs> it was, it's not was as nice. hard they got me listening to oasis <laughs> and play, and i'd it's never lovely. really
1: thought i'd enjoy that sort of music because i remember i, I, I was oh racist, this shit and the look fucking hell the looks i got yeah i might as well have said i joined the t- taliban like it was yeah. just it was just awful and then and then I went, let, me, let me listen to it, and i was like yeah, it's decent. It's decent. It's
0: so funny because yeah, again, yeah, it's decent, so decent. easy to be against mainstream stuff, but a lot of mainstream stuff is mainstream because it's pretty good. Like I'm, I'm not that big a Coldplay fan, exactly. but they write a really good song. They're really did good you, at writing songs. Did, did, did it it's not man? necessarily my taste, but you listen, and go. They're doing all the right things emotionally. It's, it's, they, they're good at think, what they do. There's a reason they're massive.
1: I enjoyed Coldplay's music before I was told not to enjoy Coldplay's yeah, music. Yeah, then yeah. I was kind of like. Mm,
0: <laughs> I kind of enjoy it though. It already got me. Yeah, it already got me. So, so how was that? You got that kind of exposure to a new world, I guess, or new experiences at least. And did that then kind of open your mind to, to possibilities?
1: Yeah, it really broadened my horizons. Just talking to people and about their life experiences, and it wasn't even so much. I didn't even know what middle class was mm. back then. You know, it was just people who were different, who grew up differently to me, and yeah. I didn't think anything of it. Um, but it, it was nice to have those different experiences. First time I in you know, because I've never drank in my life. But I used to go clubbing and, right. and, 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 and all the and, and all stuff with those, because I literally got into dancing. And yeah. I realised that I had a talent for it. Like, mm-hmm. I really loved all the, the hip-hop dancing. And, Amazing. And all that, and then popping and locking and all that sort of stuff. I love it. I really got into that at uni. That was the thing that I was known for at university. Oh, wow. But, like, it took me a year to realise. Because I think it was the end of my first year. I was dancing with, 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 with a friend of mine. And she was like, you know, you're a really good dancer. And before that, it never occurred to me
0: and I went I, love, I I love that as well because it's a proper f- flash dance story of coming from like a working <laughs> yeah. class town where you'd never danced and yeah, then you yeah, go yeah, to this yeah, place yeah. where everyone's been dancing ages and you suddenly find I've got this natural ability yeah, yeah, movement. Yeah. it took a whole the whole the first year for <laughs> someone to come to me and go you know you're really good at dancing and I went ah, huh,
1: am I and then and then when I came back the following year I was like you know what, let me put a bit of I mean, probably have thought
0: into this. Yeah, let I me try this. Videos
1: and trying to ape their moves and stuff, and I was like, yeah, I'm right. I guess I'm all right at this.
0: I love that. Good so much. was that your kind of first exposure to performing as such? Because it's it's a similar thing of generally, despite what how we like to act, m- most people go to a club, and despite the fact we're being flamboyant of we're pretty much trying not to get noticed (laughs) because you're trying to be in the crowd and amongst it. And if you become the guy who's known for dancing, you're that guy who's like, I'll take this attention, man. I'll I'll lead this. So that is, you know, it's what you end up doing as a comedian or as a performer or whatever else. It's going, I'm going to go into a room and I'm going to be comfortable with, with everyone looking at me. In fact, I'm going to draw them to me.
1: Yeah. I think it's probably the first time I was performing on when i was supposed to because i was always performing in class yeah uh but you know (laughs) not not on my time though yeah yeah (laughs) not when you're meant to be yeah uh yeah it was a real because i was quite smart as it goes at school you know i did i did i did did fine within like i wasn't like an 11a star student but you know it was fine for for a school that had a gcse pass rate of 30 percent yeah you know punched above my weight but but i was really thorn in the teacher side because i was uh, probably now maybe i'd be maybe I'd be diagnosed as ADHD, maybe. I don't know. Right. I, don't, I don't know. But maybe it wasn't that severe. But but uh, I, I found it difficult to not speak in class.
0: Yeah. Were there pr- pressures on you f- from your f- family to knuckle down and perform well? Because not to replace one stereotype with another, but r- round where I live, it's a rough kind of working class area. And most, like my brother and mum have worked in libraries f- for years and they would, would comment that, because we're near Tilbury, it's a port town as well, we're outskirts of London, so there's, in the last 10 to 15 years, we've had a lot of immigration, which is great, because a lot of the country, that happened 20 to 30 years Mm, ago. like mm. It's why we've got a backlash in our area of UKIP and all those meatheads, but a thing my brother would notice in the libraries was all of the first and second generation immigrant kids would be reading a year or two above their reading level and all the local white kids would be reading a year or two below and i think joey diaz talks a lot about immigrant mentality immigrant mentality You, you you're going somewhere and you're going right i need to be the best i need to work hard and earn this and be this rather than the way the media will try and perceive an immigrant mentality of mm. I'm going to come and sponge off yeah, the yeah, state yeah, or any yeah, of that yeah, nonsense. Mad, so mad. was that part of your kind of upbringing to be, well, no, I need to perform and do well.
1: Yeah, definitely. My mom was always reading and writing was her thing. Yeah. Always about reading and writing. And I, I loved, I didn't like writing
0: <laughs> really,
1: oh. but I loved reading. So I was, I was way ahead of my age group at school when it came Ripped. to reading. Yeah. And, but unfortunately I wasn't, I wasn't reading the right type of books. I right. realize now looking back, I was, do you I was, remember
0: I was, the kind of thing that
1: you were I was stuck reading? on, like, Enid Blighton yeah. for, for, probably for too long yeah. because I didn't have people, teachers in school going,
0: why don't you, do you try Tolkien? Should, should move on to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah why, yeah.
1: why did not you try reading The Hobbit at, eight, at nine years old or something? Yeah. But I was stuck up. I, I was comfortable reading the stuff that I was reading. I was like, yeah. a lot of it, I got, I got so you a kind of
0: j- j- jumped ahead, but then got stuck at one l- yeah. level, rather, or got comfortable at one yeah, level, yeah, rather. Yeah, than yeah, going, yeah. well, if I'm this far ahead already, yeah. So I but, and push I guess that, that would have
1: needed a teacher to go, on, "Yeah, go on, yeah, yeah, that's really good. Why don't you read no, this? Yeah. And is there anything you don't understand in it? Anything you need clearing up? Just come to me, and I'll explain to you." I didn't, I didn't have that. But I'll,
0: I'll, I'll you know that in hindsight. Yeah, it's it's the great underrated thing of teachers, I think, is to have someone who can g- g- guide you in that way. Mm. People talk s- so much how. And I've talked about it in lyrics before, how there's the option to self-educate now. There's so much online. There's so many options of taking up courses, even just libraries. There's there's so much you can do for yourself. Well, that's how I got got into stand-up. Oh, really? Yeah. It was was uh,
1: was, uh, online. I was at work 2010. Yeah. And, um, I was looking for a, I just moved back to London, didn't have any fam, didn't, don't have, still don't have any family here, but a few friends started to in London is huge. Yeah. Quite lonely in the evening for a city of eight million people. Yeah. And I thought I need a hobby and I started looking for a creative writing course because everyone's got a sitcom in their head that they yeah. think is going to change the world. 100%. And, um, and then I, I was at, on City Lit, which is an adult college in London, yeah. I think based in Holborn. Um, and I was messing about on there looking for a writing course and I came across a stand up workshop. Never occurred to me before that to do stand-up.
0: Oh, wow.
1: It's 27 years old. Never occurred to me.
0: And, and uh, how'd so, it go? Because, again, people... Uh, I've heard comedians talk before about how ridiculous it is that there's there's lessons in stand-up because it's something that's in you and this and that. It's like, well, no, it can be the thing that prompts you to give it a go, yeah, to, to but, that, that lets you try it and then go, oh, I'm good at this, whereas you might n- never consider it otherwise. Absolutely.
1: You think, I've, I come from a back- background where uh, a Cree in the Arts not only is it not encouraged, it's actively discouraged. Yeah. Like, because you know, if, if I look at me growing up in the 80s, and 90s and saying, the idea of saying to my mum that I want to go into the arts would have been yeah. so ridiculous. It's like, I might as well have said I want to become an astronaut. It was so far removed from any experience that we grew up with. My mum would have no frame of reference. There's no one I can go like them
0: or Completely. like her. The further you get out of London in that kind of area, the, the less realistic it was. Mm. And even in London, the, the lower down the class system you go. So, Working class in Blackburn is pretty much as far away yeah. from it being a reality yeah, yeah. as yeah, you can yeah. get without being inst- yeah. in Scotland. Kind yeah, of yeah, thing, yeah. Right? Like, I, I didn't
1: know. <laughs> I, I didn't know there was an open mic circuit. I knew yeah. none of the structures that are a place that, that I'm kind of. I guess Nanny's in an expert in, and so I saw, so I saw this. I saw the stand up workshop, and I thought yeah, I'll give it a go. And it was just weird because I was still knee-deep in student debt. I had a 25 grand loan from a mix of student loan and, and a career development loan that I was that I was in debt in and, and I had two overdrafts that I still hadn't paid off. I was living, you know, month paycheck to paycheck. But at that moment, it was 120 quid this course, which isn't a lot of money to me now, but back then it was a lot of money to yeah. me. It was probably like most of what I would, what would have spent on anything that month. And it just
0: right place, right time. And I
1: went, fuck it, let's do it. I love it. And, yeah, it was the best
0: thing that's ever happened to me. Do you think starting late benefited you? Because for me. I, because I think uh, now stand-up has become a thing that's kind of a goal for people. It can be, it will be seen as a career. I think it's tough because you get your outliers like a Bo, a Bo Burnham who is just yeah, like Eddie, at 16 Eddie is Murphy. just amazing and hilarious at everything. Yeah. But a lot of the best comedians, Stuart Lee, for example they've had to have lived their life a bit to get to the point that they're at. And the thing that strikes me about your style, and partly in in acting as well, is that it feels like you've got the life experience, but you've not been in comedy from day one. Therefore, you've not got the jadedness or or just the comfort of this Mm. is just, Mm. I've been doing this Mm. for 30 Mm. years Mm. or 20 years or whatever. Mm. So it feels like that's a good point to have got into it a few, or it feels it... It's one of the standout parts in your style and in your approach is that you've got that life experience and you've had this time to come up with your own beliefs and views and ideas and ways to approach things, but you've not got that, well, here's how you structure a joke. It's just Mm. this, 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 Mm. done, Mm. this, 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 done. Mm. You've got, right, well, that can be it, but also we can go around here and we can do that and we can... Play about a bit a bit yeah exactly that like i i because i didn't
1: you know i hadn't done drama since 14 when we dropped it to do business studies yeah <laughs> you know i had no background in performing art so i wasn't I had, I had no outside influence on me yeah in, in, in the way in the style that i wanted to create so it just came organically uh, and the stuff that i wanted to write was very much the stuff that i cared about so i wasn't 21 trying to impress my friends um or, or, yeah. or a girl, or anything, anything like that. It was just a, this is a, what I want to talk about.
0: A girl is the key one there because it is. It's, it's exactly that. There's, I've heard numerous people say that that comedian isn't going to be good because they're too good looking. It's just not believable. Yeah, they have got nothing I've, to uh, not love. And again, uh, again, I think there are like a Chris Daley is a good looking lad He's hilarious. There's 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 loads. It's not as or uh, Anthony Jeselnik plays off of it and mm. plays up his good lookingness. But again. I think there is something in that. With comedy, it's weird if it's this ultra, I'm going to get the girl stuff. Or yeah, equally yeah, the yeah, other yeah. way, if it is that kind of, you can see that they're playing for specific areas of the room rather than for laughs. Mm, it's mm. a weird one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm a stand up. Like, we pride ourselves on our outsider status. Yeah. You know, we've kind of always had this feeling that we don't quite belong anywhere. Yes. Yeah. Like, I never felt like... Like, I love Blackburn and, and I've moved back there and, and, and I love it. But I've never felt comfortable in every social setting or any social setting I've been in. I've really yeah. enjoyed it. I've got friends in every kind of social setting, but I've never felt like I truly belong here. I've always kind of felt like a little bit, like a guest. Yeah. And I think that's what stand, That's what the best stand-up comes from. Yeah. When you're an outsider observing things I think and that's coming up with your opinions about it.
0: So much, you know, even, even in, in situations of... I've loved. There's a sense of relief once I'm out of it to go. Oh, that went okay. That yeah, was, and, yeah, and then yeah. you can enjoy it. Go, that was cool. Yeah. I'm out now, and I've had that on, on sets on everything. It's like I'm excited to be here and I don't want to leave. But as soon as I'm, I'm I have left. I'm like,
1: yeah. Oh. Do you have
0: that feeling of like, God, be with that? Yeah, com- oh, completely all the time. Imposter syndrome. All the time. Is, it, but the great thing there, as someone you mentioned earlier, when Adamo Iannucci on, mm. he spoke about imposter syndrome. Did he? Now, wow. And it's like. You're Armando... I- so that's um, just... That made me feel comfortable. It's like, oh, um, it's, it's never going to go yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. If you're Armando Iannucci and yeah, now you feel yeah. like your next project is the one that you, you're going to be exposed and people are going to find out you don't know what you're doing. It's like, all right, that's... That's incredible. That's fine then. That is mad. Yeah. It's now So so, so, what was the, the, the route then? You did your... You found a stand-up course out of nowhere. Yeah. And, I and just then started
1: working the circuit? On, or? on a whim, I was like, I'm going to do this. And it was one day a week for six weeks, a few hours. And, and what was good about it isn't doesn't <laughs> teacher to be funny. Yeah. It just te- it just gives you a bit of structure. And every single after every single workshop, there was homework. So it was like, go Great. away and, and prepare a two-minute bit about X. So then you have a writing exercise. Right. And then you come back the following week and whatever you've written, you then perform in front of the rest of your classmates. Yeah. I would never have done that otherwise because I would not know how to start. And yeah. then there's a few things that they give you. Then they give you a few tips like rule of three and, oh, if you want to rant, then do a big rant, go ridiculous. And then your big thing comes at the end and all the, all those sorts of things and pull back and reveal and stuff. That was like, yeah. oh, I'd never realized I'm not smart enough to figure out job yeah. mechanics and yeah, it's nice to try to, it to me. It. Um, so just, just take all those things away with you and then you create the thing that you want to create. I didn't write any good standup while I was on the thing because I was just learning how to do it, just exercise and stuff. I was writing shitty things about how people who use lol and ruffle on Facebook really make me angry. And I look back at that now and think it's so cringe, but that's what I needed to get started.
0: Yeah, completely. It's, it's to let you know that you can write about anything. Mm. It's like go and write about this. It might not be amazing, but it's to show you that you can write anything. So then when those ideas do come, it's, you're not going to dismiss anything too quickly. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to go, oh, you can't, I can't do a joke about this. you've written a joke about it. It's not a good joke, but you've written it. So yeah. let's just write this one so and see it just if Just getting good. started. I mean, yeah. you know,
1: Lewis Hamilton is the Formula One champion. There was a time when he didn't know how to drive a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it was like, <laughs> what, Lewis, Lewis Hamilton had driving lessons? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, had to, he had to go through <laughs> he it, didn't definitely he? did. So it's, So
1: it yeah. is mad. And, and, I've, and I found that the performing side of it, the, the stepping on stage and talking in front of an audience, that has, for some reason, never bothered me. No. As long as I have something prepared. Yeah. Now it's easier that I can go on with... If someone said to me, just go on, fill five minutes, I could do that now. Yeah. Having had 1,500 gigs. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. Learned, I've learned tricks on how to do that. But yeah, back then, if I was as long as I was prepared and I had the bits that I knew I was going to say, it was... Yeah, the bit of stepping on stage was, wasn't was the issue, it was, which I know for a lot of people, that would, be, that would be the most daunting part. But for me, it was kind of the having something to say bit that was... The daunting bit
0: yes so that was in london yes when you were
1: so initially doing that yeah i mean it, it wouldn't have happened if i was anywhere else yeah because then there was then i heard about this burgeoning subculture of an open mic circuit which i didn't know existed and i was like oh there's open mic on every corner every yeah. night of the week yeah wow i had no idea this existed uh-huh. um and then yeah so I, so I started doing that and and and, and quite quickly i really I, I then started writing in my the style that you see now yeah then started developing as far back as as then, and and these little jokes started coming out about actually my background and how that fits into society today, and people, and then I found those are the things that people are laughing at the most, yeah, and identifying with the most, and 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 I thought, okay, let me write more of this because that's what seems to be getting me ahead, and it's what's unique to me. It's What's so, unique?
0: That's yeah, a, it'd be weird exactly to not it. write
1: what's unique to you.
0: Yeah, c- c- completely. I, I, every now and then I have people tweet me or whatever and they're annoyed on the podcast because i started with a story about me or, or, or something like that but if i've got something that relates to that person that's what's going to make it a unique conversation and make it a unique like us talking about the fringe then yes that's not going to be a conversation yes. that you have on others because yes. you, you happen to see me in a bar and things like that and yeah and I, brought, and I was telling my friend
1: about it last night i was like i'm meeting scoobies <laughs> tomorrow and he was so excited for me <laughs> and then i told him that story and he went
0: life is mad it's mad and it? yeah It's all journeys. But that's it. It's finding those things that are unique to you rather than, I think, what we initially think is, right, what relates to everyone. Mm. And we can get Mm. so caught up in in what do people want to hear about and you'll find the best comedians are the ones who go, no, this is something that I'll just tell them something about me and that'll be what's funny rather than, as said, isn't it annoying when people use Rolf and, and things yeah, like that yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, very yeah. much an every man. Yeah. Everyone yeah. can relate. It's and then like, people
1: go, Yes, it is. Now what?
0: Yeah, cool. As, yeah. Whereas if you can go, Here's my life, I think uh, Theo Von's podcast is one I listen to a lot. And he's one I like because, again, his stories are like no one else in the world. Is this crazy, uh, not redneck, because that's actually an offensive term because of some, and this and that, but um, like a, uh, 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 a very trailer park type dude Mm. from America. But his life has been insane. And it's not relatable in any way, but I don't need it to be. It's bizarre that you'd assume an audience would be so arrogant that you're like, well, I've not been to Blackburn. I can't can't find that funny. I know,
1: I know. It's so silly. We have this thing in the media here where they're (laughs) obsessed with your content being relatable to the audience watching at home. And I'm like, yeah, but people love Fresh Prince. Yeah. And no one Mm -hmm. in this country was 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 grew up in Philadelphia and then moved to Beverly Hills. No. That is an experience that no one has had. No. And yet that was one of the most successful imports we've ever had in this country. And,
0: and nobody in, in this country was good at basketball. I, I, I maintain that. It, you know, it took a good five, ten years exactly. after the Fresh Prince before exactly. anyone got actually good.
1: Exactly. No, no one's been to space. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> none exactly, of us have to space. No. And
0: yet we all, and
1: none of us have met aliens. No. Like, we love all those movies. So suddenly it's like, yep. yeah, but your story about this, is, is, is it ever going to reach Like, let them come on the journey. Yeah. They will really enjoy it. Like you know, Family Guy is, is a show that is so popular. Every fourth reference you don't understand on Family Guy because, yeah. because but it doesn't matter. They don't have to explain it because you're going okay. I can make a leap. What this might be,
0: and if even if I still don't understand it, fine. I couldn't agree more. It's taking those leaps that makes it exciting and brings and, and pushes stuff forward. And yeah. So so, how long had you been performing when you first went up north and played? And was that a different experience or a scary experience? Because I know that when I was starting off, I played everywhere other than oh. Essex and London before right. I came back here, right, right, and right. that wasn't scary, but right. then the idea of my bait of my mates being there or anyone I went to school with it's like, oh no oh. Yeah, 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 yeah because in London you've done your stand up course you're on stage, you're a different Tez. mm. So that feels fine in London because I didn't know the original Tez. But as soon as you go back home, that that must have been, it's intimidating. It's also exciting and rewarding. But yeah, what were the things they, for you?
1: So the first time I performed up north would have been like Liverpool, Manchester. So again, yeah. it was similar. Like I was outside of my hometown. So mm. I, was still, I was still a bit nervous because I was like, oh, how are they going to I'm from, I am mean, I'm very proud of being Northern, so it's kind of like, well, I hope they relate to and enjoy what I'm doing. And then, yeah. you know, they were, they were good gigs. But the first time I went to Blackburn and did a gig and where I had family slash friends watching was the most terrifying experience yeah. I've ever had in my life. I was so scared.
0: It's mad, it was, isn't it? It's so cause scary. There's so much... It's weird because it's two different mindsets. There's... Because I, I, I relating it to music again. The, there was always local bands who played... To so their mates, and then if they played in London, they'd put a minibus on, and all their mates mm. would come and watch them in London. So there's kind of one type who are more comfortable playing to friends and family and scared of strangers. But then I think, again, I guess it's an outsider thing. You yeah. feel far more yeah, comfortable yeah, yeah, with strangers because yeah, yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I will, well, I don't know how much of a loser <laughs>
1: yeah. I am, and I don't <laughs> value their and I don't value their opinion as much. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So, so then to go home is is terrifying. But how did it go in the end? And was it yeah? A, yeah, a every, every gig, weirdly,
1: Blackburn has a really, really brilliant sense of humour. Yeah, and so people in Blackburn and and, and white people, and Asian people, which is the two dominating races in Blackburn they just love non PC humour. So any sort of humour that 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 pushes the envelope a bit they really get on board with yeah because I do a bit of that they they, they really really enjoy it and every gig touch wood that I've ever had uh, in Blackburn has been has been has been really really some of my best gigs yeah and so it's been it's been really good I remember the the first time I told my family that I was doing stand up it was just ah oh, the comments the looks it was just like why how you're not funny all those things and you're like this is all fair <laughs> you know but it was just and it's just initially like I just enjoy doing it as a hobby and they were like okay fine
0: and it takes so so, so long to convince them that it's an actual job like my missus is from rishton um to i said just up from blackburn and yes and, yeah, and, Rishten, and yeah. um she does modeling and a few other things and she's doing really well with it and she makes a living out of it and has got to go all round the world with it yet she'll go home and apparently like, have you got a proper job yet or whatever <laughs> she's like I've got a proper job now. This yeah, is yeah, the, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, a proper yeah, job. Yeah. I do what I do. Thing is, I, it, I had a proper job, yeah, yeah. which I left to do this. Right, that's going to make so, him incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah,
1: right? yeah. But I think that the, the compensation was so that when I, when I left my day job oh, to do oh, comedy full your day time, was uh, I was at the home office. Right. So the same wow. service. Love yeah, it. In Whitehall, in the machine. Amazing. The man.
0: Amazing. Um, <laughs> we can talk
1: about that a little bit, but like, so when so when I quit the home office to do comedy full time, I also quit London. Yeah. So that was a slight compensation that my family had that,
0: well, he's moved back right. home. Right, yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. Which they you. were always keen for me to do, which is weird given that they moved a thousand miles from Pakistan. <laughs> to, I remember once a friend of my <laughs> uncle said to me, when are you moving home? And I went, when are you moving back to Pakistan? Yeah. I just looked at my uncle like, why is he like this? And my uncle's <laughs> like, this is why I don't talk to him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so, as, 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 so how was that to be part of working in the home office and doing comedy on the side and then then making that jump how was working in the home office because oh, that's too big that's yeah. really different careers that's pretty much extreme that in
1: itself again it's really. a movie it's a movie yeah. he was in the home office
0: <laughs> and then he, he at night he took his tie off and he was stand-up comedian
1: the, the irony of that is sometimes i put my tie on because yeah, i want to
0: be yeah. more smart at the gig
1: than that <laughs> yeah um yeah. but yeah that was i think the People in Blackburn were probably more fascinated about me working in the home office than yeah. they were uh, me doing stand-up because there was always the... Is it visas you work... Oh, no, you don't work in visas. Okay, fine. There's nothing You can do nothing for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was... It was cause I, cause like I, um, so I was on the graduate scheme at the, at the civil service called the Fast Stream, and I applied for that and I got it and, and they put me in the home office. And then I just did a lot of... So those first three, four years, you kind of move around every year and do different things. Yeah. So I worked in everything from like failed asylum seeker policy... To them planning the Olympics for three years, which is the best job I had. Amazing, that was incredible. Yeah, so good because because when the in twenty ten when the Tory government came in, you know that civil service civil servants job is to be to be apolitical. You serve the government of the day, that doesn't matter what colour they are. I found that difficult. Yeah. Yeah, but then, when I you're imagine. in the Olympics, it doesn't matter because that was happening anyway. This is an if- you're organising a party for exactly. the people, exactly. Exactly, a- and then and then I went and 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 I tried to work in areas that I was comfortable in. So the most recently before I left, I was working in modern slavery,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, not doing it anti modern slavery. <laughs> uh, so so stopping all that stuff. And you know that's yeah that's God's work. You know, it's, it's, yeah. there's no, there's no pro slavery lobby uh, yeah. anymore. So there's it was an, it was that was a very black and white issue. Excuse the pun, but you know there was. It wasn't like working in the department for health with yeah. all the things that are happening there, or the department for education with all the things. Yeah, like it's Gordon's a really dealing.
0: clear. We know what's going on. It's weird because I I got invited again. I'm bringing it back to me, but um oh, no, I, do. I got invited to the Houses of Parliament for because a, a podcast episode I'd done about or with a woman who was brought here in sex tra- trafficking um, was up for an award for the Anti Slavery Day. Oh, wow, thing, okay. the thing that they do. And I did a, a load of research on it, because I was like, I'm not... It was while the Tories were in, I was like, I don't want to go to some... Tour. But again, I looked and found it's apolitical, it's not backing anyone. And I went along, and again, obviously felt completely out of place, as as we've stated in every situation, but hearing the stories of some of the people, of what they've done, of some of the different things that were up for awards. I mean, mine was j- just in the media awards. The actual, mm. The rest of the awards was people doing amazing stuff and changing then, lives and saving lives. Ah, huh? do you remember when that was? It would have been three years ago, I think. I'd have been there then. Yeah, it's mad. Yeah, um, John Burko was kind of giving yeah. a talk and giving the award for wow. it and all that kind of. Thing. So yeah, yeah. yeah, that was mad. It was, it was, it was insane to see. But it was really interesting to get that insight because I would have thought the Home Office. I would think, right? Well, at the moment, I think, oh, well, it's the Tories. It's this, is that? Of course. You, if, and, and... if you're not educated on it, it's weird that. I was in my mid thirties then when I found out, Oh no, this isn't attached to anyone. This is, mm, mm. they have to, yeah, just try and do their job.
1: And, and the home office is such a huge department because they look after immigration, crime, policing, counter-terrorism and a couple of other things. And so Winrush would have started when I was at the home office, but I had no yeah. idea about it because that isn't a completely separate part of the home office. Yeah. And yeah, so it's, it's just mad that all the things that are happening at the same time and just try and work in an area where you're not uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. You- you said you got a, more curiosity of anything at home from from working there. Yeah. Did you get any backlash at all? Because again, it is it is a weird one where, like, I'll, I've got a lot of mates in in all different uh, c- communities, but I've known mates in the black community to be at least confused at first when a black mate of theirs joins the police, for example, mm, because mm, of s- mm. so many examples of racism that they've experienced growing up in the eighties or nineties. It's then felt as if you're joining the enemy, which of course it's easy to speak from a white perspective, but you should be trying to improve the enemy, trying to, you know, make the enemy, not the enemy anymore rather than continue a, a battle. But yeah, obviously there's going to be a lot of people in Asian communities and all sorts of communities who the home office have been the destroyers of their families yeah, of their it's, it's, of so much of pulling people apart you know it's a weird one and i think maybe this is unique more
1: to asian communities because uh, obviously we're very black to the we're different. even though we're all called people of color we are we, you know we have our differences and i think yeah. speaking on not behalf of but speaking as a member of the asian community i think we have a, a sense of achievement so it's just, yeah. when someone reaches a thing there's a sense of achievement that they've done that i think it's slightly different in this generation because we're more and i hate this word woke Mm. Uh, I think some people are so woke they have insomnia sometimes. Yeah. It's a problem. <laughs> yeah. but, but so when we see someone like Sajid Javid become yeah. the Home Secretary, we're not celebrating it just because he's an Asian. We're looking at what he's actually doing. Whereas yeah. my mum might be like, oh, "Wow, we have an Asian Home Secretary. That is incredible." Whereas yeah. I'm like, mm, "Yeah, is it? It's like you know, just because Theresa May is a female is not is it's not victory for feminism that she's the that she's that she's the Prime Minister. You know, Completely. it's is that sort of thing.
0: Great example was Hillary Clinton. It's like there you go. We need a the first female president. It's like, do you want her to be the first one? Because yeah. she doesn't seem that great. And again, yeah. obviously, the alternative was even worse. Was even but worse. still, it's kind of it's one of them was like, I wanted her to win because of Trump, not because yeah, yeah. we need a female. And, it's and, like and, we'd, I'd rather wanted, a better female. Yeah,
1: yeah. You, or you are rather I'd rather I'd rather an all white man yeah. who was going to be better for everyone yeah. than yeah, than yeah, an Asian guy yeah. or, or a black guy or, an, or, or 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 a woman of any race who, who, who doesn't chime with my politics.
0: Yeah, and that's a good thing about. All be one these Yeah, yeah, he'd be <laughs> ideal. But 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 that's a good thing about the generation now is there is a little bit more, as said, wokeness or whatever, or just a w- awareness. Because again, there are the the generations of our parents who it would be far more a, a black and white, not yeah. not in a racial line, but yeah, 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 on yeah, yeah, those yeah. things. Like I know that if the person who got in was a Millwall fan. That would probably trump anything else f- for my dad because right. because yeah. he's a middle a fan. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like- yeah exactly, oh, oh, exactly. Oh, my dad's a bad example because he's obviously quite open-minded and everything as well. But just that kind of there are those things that you're like, well. It's a Londoner, it's this, it's yeah, that. Yeah, I
1: mean, my, my uncle sent me a, a, when the local councils, no, when the MEP elections were going on, the yeah. European Parliament elections were happening in May, and my uncle sent me a text saying, Oh, yeah, vote for this guy, his name was Sajid Kareem, I think he was a local guy, but running as a Conservative. And I just sent him like the, all the laughing emojis I could find in my phone. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Are you taking the piss? Yeah. No. And he, yeah. and he was like, But he's from, I'm like, I don't give a fuck who this guy is. Yeah, I'm no. Not giving, I'm not giving him my vote.
0: It should, it's about policy and about ev- everything else. Yeah, yeah. So it was yeah mad. How did we get onto this?
1: I don't know. We were talking about you working. Um, yes, at the, at the home office. And yeah, home and people, office. Yeah, so people weren't. You know, we we have people in our community in Blackburn who, who have joined the army and, and have joined the police and and I think there is <laughs> in the Asian community the, 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 the achievement trumps politics. Yeah, yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So there's a bit of there's a bit of like cognitive dissonance there. That yeah. even though we hated what the army were doing, it was we didn't hate people in the army yeah sort of thing yeah. it was like love 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 the person hit the sin
0: kind of kind, yeah. kind of thing i get that i get that ac- ac- across the board for a long time i was hate the whole idea of all of army stuff but then there's been a lot of things over the years where you're like well this is a good person who's trying mm. to do good and is in has protect has saved a lot of our right and a lot of things in many ways but then there is also the the it's the 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 enemy as ever is the dusty old man in an office who's sending him off to yeah. to do yeah. his bidding yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah
1: yeah so the so my experience with the home office kind of really shaped my politics yeah i uh, i always say i was radicalized in the home office yeah uh but in the in the political sense not in the religious sense <laughs> yeah. i think people yeah. get scared by that word yeah, but they um do. But yeah, it was it was the things that I, I, I saw or heard and, and, and the way the things did this in the home office led me, left me very disillusioned. And I worked with a great guy called Harrison and we had very similar politics. He was a young person, one of the brightest people that I've ever met in my life. And we yeah. always had these deep chats into the night when we were working about the state of the world and everything that's wrong in the home office, while right? we were working there and how we'd love to write an open letter to everyone in the department. Yeah, we never had yeah, the guts yeah, to do. yeah, yeah. But um but yeah, it really it really, it really, shaped who I've who become, I think.
0: I mean, we started off t- talking about, or briefly saying that we kind of linked on social media. How are you finding social media at the moment? Because I think it's it's Twitter in particular that we engage in and I think it's the most poisonous and venomous place online at the moment. But I really like the discussions that you, our mutual friend, Gaz Khan, mm. kind of... Big the up. way you put things up and 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 discuss things is really positive, and it's important to have rational and relatable—that's the key part—voices from all communities, and to see you and Guz be just working-class yeah. lads, you know, just being like, "No, nah, that's that's stupid," or "Or that bit, yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah, not yeah, what—that's yeah, yeah. not what all Muslims think, or yeah, what all yeah, Muslims yeah, do, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. that's nuts," and to speak. Again, the fact that you, we all speak normally to each other, and it's not some kind of typed out. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's yeah, yeah, yeah. my I, official. I, I, try, I try and
1: type how I speak. Yeah, if I'm just sending out, out a tweet on my as myself, I'll try and type as I would speak. Yeah. If I'm engaging with someone, I try and match how they are yeah, talking. Yeah, so like yeah, you match, yeah, you match your audience. But yeah, it just—I guess it was meant to be a marketplace of ideas, wasn't it? And it yeah. quickly became and transformed into something else. You know, I kind of disengaged with it for a while. There's a lot of people that I follow whose opinions I respect and have shaped my view of thinking, and, and and I always try and I always respect their viewpoints on things. And I've had to mute hundreds of people. Not I don't want to unfollow unfollow them out of respect, but I've had to mute a lot of people because it's too much. I don't need to know every bad thing that's happening all the time. There was a yeah. point where my followers would tag me in. So the, the, some sort of anti-Muslim or racist thing would happen, and they tag me in underneath it, so I can look at it. And I'm like, "Why are you doing this? Yeah. I don't want to see this." Yeah, like the big things, legislation, things that affect everyone. Sure, but I don't need to know every single minutiae of every small thing that's happened in every small town in, in this country. It's just, it's. it's it's going to destroy my, it's going to destroy destroy my mind. Like I don't, I don't want to see it.
0: Completely. It's easy to look at social media and think the world has got a lot worse. But the fact is most of this stuff was already happening, but we just weren't aware of it. And now we have to see it every day. And again, there's a tough one because there's an argument for seeing it every day stops us being able to ignore it and, and makes people have, I think there has been tons of stuff that action has had to be taken because it's Mm. so public Mm. and Mm. so on social Mm. media and, 10 years ago, it might have been easier to, to brush yeah, under the I mean, carpet. Yeah, and the whole Black but, Lives Matter movement that, yeah.
1: that started off because of the, the public awareness raising of uh, police brutality in the USA towards black people. And those would have been stories that people told, but without the evidence, yeah, people wouldn't have taken action as quickly and that, as readily,
0: I think. That's what I had in mind when I started the sentence. And then I started to realise that, almost every cop has been let off, hasn't ended up being yeah. charged and shit like that. So yeah. I was like, oh, hang yeah. on, maybe it's not made any difference at yeah, all. But, yeah, but yeah. it's certainly brought public awareness and public backing in those yeah. things, even if it's going to take longer to change the powers that be and the court systems and whoever else is protecting people in that way. But yeah, it's. I think you're right. It's key to be able to step away from it all. But I, I always enjoy the way you engage on there. Because as you say, it isn't everything, It's but it's something you can go, all right, this is... Yeah, this man. is dumb. I can expose how dumb this is by laughing at it. Again, it's yeah. rare that you're angry on there. Yeah, I rarely yeah, see yeah, you yeah, like. Yeah. This is a disgrace. It's more like, how fucking stupid is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have yeah. you seen these idiots?
1: Yeah, I realize like because
0: first and foremost,
1: I want to be known as a comedian. I, I would hate for people to think, oh yeah, is the activist. That's not. Yeah. It's not what I want to be known as. But there are things that I care about, and there are things that I know that people who follow me care about. So let me give you my take on those things yeah. now and again yeah not yeah. everything but now and again on things and there are things that i know about because i worked for 10 years in the home office yeah i, I worked for theresa may you know i i i know the i mean i don't know the woman but but i know politics I know, the, I know the politics of the
0: people you, around her you're such a handy sleeper agent yeah in, in that way because you can give a response and you know that there'll be a certain area of meter it was like stay out of politics you're a comedian or this and that and then you go Actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's is, a, well, actually. <laughs> so good. You can kind of be the, oh, look, I'm just making a comment. I go, well, actually, let's have a, d- a deep discussion about this. Yeah,
1: yeah. You want to go there? Can I know. You go there if you want.
0: Why do you ever write to talk about it as a builder or a businessman oh, that but a comedian like, doesn't? Yeah,
1: the thing that they say to Garlinica all the time. Yeah. I oh, fucking love Garlinica on Twitter. Yeah. But the thing that they say to him all the time, oh, just keep, keep up. You're supposed to like, no, everyone has the right to their opinion. Completely. And, and Garlinica is no more underqualified than Michael Gove or Chris Grayling.
0: And and the person tweeting him to say, keep out of it, in doing that, you're giving your opinion. So and if you're entitled their, to your opinion, opinion. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad. It's mad. Is it,
1: that, whole, that, whole, that 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 narrative is crazy. and th- that, narrative of that narrative I hate and the kind of like, oh, champagne socialist, that narrative I hate. Yeah. Almost like as if, if you've made a success of yourself, you then suddenly have... No authority or, or 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 no right to speak on a subject that might affect other people. Yeah, it's like yeah, if I get as successful as I want to be in this job, and I ended, and end up making a tidy living from it, that doesn't change where I came from.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and Galenica it doesn't stop you st- having views and opinions and experience. Exactly, Galenica grew up on the streets of Leicester. Yeah,
1: that's that's how he grew up. He grew up as you know, I don't think he was dirt poor, but he wasn't by any means affluent. Yeah, so of course he's got an opinion on things, and he and he played all over the. He played football with people from all over the world, and he plays football all over the world. Yeah. So of course he's got an opinion on things.
0: Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, well, let's, I mean, uh, we're f- flying by and I've not even looked at my notes at all, which is always a good <laughs> sign. A really fun conversation. Yeah, exactly. But uh, let's talk a little bit about a Man Like Mobeen because that's where I kind of was first pr- properly exposed to you. I'd, I'd seen bits of you about, and that was the first thing that I was like, oh, this is great. And it, it blew me away. As I said, Guz is a mutual f- Friend, and it's his kind of MoBean is his cr- creation, but I think what made the show sp- special is the rest of his 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 family as mm. such around mm. him because it does feel like his two mates and his sister are all his family, and you're all bringing up his sister, and you're all helping all this kind of. Thing. So, how was that to be part of? Because it felt like it feels like a real. Your character just feels like I don't know how. How how was it all written and stuff like that? I guess like how much control did you ever over your character? Because it feels like every character is a complete character as they walk on kind of thing. Yeah.
1: So someone so like Mobin was initially a, a pilot for for, for the BBC, yeah. and it was a very different story. I don't know if you ever saw the initial pilot. No. Very different story. It was only so,
0: when I was looking on IMDb in there and then mm. it had a version from. A, a TV movie it was described right, as from right. 2016 I think it yeah, was yeah I was right. like, yeah alright
1: oh, yeah so that was the, it was like a 15 minute one off I yeah. think and, and in that Mourbeen was little Mubeen, and he had two younger sisters Right. and I was playing the um, the gangster Right, but I was—I was, I was still—I was still a thick character, but not as thick as eight is. <laughs> eight is. But I was like the the wannabe hapless gangster that was trying to convince him to come back into that line of work. Yeah, and I'd been sent by the big boss to try and convince him. And then when they got the when when they got the green light to make a full series, they kind of just looked at the story again and went, "Okay, now that we've done what they wanted us to do, let's make the show that we want to make." Yeah, and so they went back to the drawing board, and and it was good fortune for me because I was the only thing other than because obviously that survived the pilot. Wow. Um, so they kind of rewrote me in as a slightly different character to be part of this, the family unit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we brought in there. and G- and Gil was so keen to have a, a black man in there because that was his experience of growing up in the West Midlands, which I think is a lot more integrated than any other part yeah. of the country where, yeah, yeah, where yeah, yeah, whites, yeah. Asians, and, and 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 black people do grow up together and yeah. do mix and do mix in, in in a way that you've probably seen parts of London. Yeah, but probably not elsewhere in 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 the country where things feel a bit more. Segregated might be a strong word, but fragmented maybe.
0: Completely, far more divided purely by class the, the yeah. than by race a, yeah. a, a, a lot of the time. In London, a lot in Birmingham, I had a few years living in the Midlands. And yeah, you would have, yeah, I mean, as stupid as it sounds, the, the rap fans would mm. be mm. white, black, Asian, mm. all of these. Mm. That'll be mm. working class, mm. that'll be mm. this. Mm. It's that kind of, there would be that. Mm. Unity in that way, I guess. Yeah.
1: So he's very keen to, 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 to have the uh, one of the characters be bl- played by uh, a black guy, and, and, and you know Tolu is is, is incredible as Nate as well. He's such a nice guy. Uh, and then they, I guess the, the sister role, the sisters' role changed into one sister. So they gave her the vulnerability and the strength, which made her a yeah. more rounded three D yeah, character yeah, 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 rather yeah. than having two D characters. One yeah. who's one who's super sassy and strong, and the other one who's meek and vulnerable. Right. So the yeah. So, so so now and when she oh god when Dua came in to the first rehearsal. Because I've not met her, they'd cast her, and there was an open casting call, and they just found this school girl who'd never acted before.
0: Oh, bit, really? Bit she's
1: amazing. Yeah, she's bit, a real bit of drama at school, and you know, I wanted to be an actress, so when yeah. she saw this call, she's like, "Oh, I'd love to do that." Mum, and the mum took her to the audition. But yeah, I'd never, you know, I'd never really had any done any formal acting, and and partly she smashed the audition and she got the role. So I hadn't met her up to the point she came to the first rehearsal. She just opened her mouth to do the first line, and I just stopped what I was doing, and I looked at her, and I went, "Fucking hell!"
0: Yeah,
1: I think we've got to step our games up here because. This girl's gonna murder us. <laughs> yeah, she was so yeah. good. Just from the first moment I was like, this girl is good.
0: Uh, did you know girls before the original Mobine? Or did yeah, the, the- so so girls and i connected probably in the way that you
1: and I connected um initially online. So we were both given a, a, a co- separately we were given a comedy short back in twenty fifteen for Ramadan. Right. Um and hit me on the basis of my stand-up and him on the basis of his uh, of his online videos. Yeah. And that was with Baby Cow, Steve Coogan's company and we both made them and people enjoyed them and stuff and then we started chatting online going oh I I enjoy blah blah blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. With a bit of back and forth about who, who we are and where we come from and stuff and then he did that Pachysaurus video yeah, which went yeah, super yeah, viral yeah. and yeah. it's the best thing I've ever seen in my life <laughs> yeah, uh, and then I had, a gig at the, I had a gig at the comedy store for I think Imran Youssef was running a, an ETH gig at the comedy store and Gus came to that uh, that's the first time we met in right, person It yeah, yeah, yeah. just got on super well because I think I, I, at that point I'd been on the circuit for five years and I'd met a lot of different people that I really, really enjoyed it, enjoyed getting on with, and and, and people from all walks of life, and people with similar background to me, but not exactly the same. Uh, and I had a lot of friends. But Gus was the f- when I met Guz, it was the first time I felt super comfortable. And and, and to me, it was like it's like it's like you're my ma- it's like it's like you're ma- you, you you remind me of my cousins.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very
1: similar. Not um, not he's Midlands, I was Northern, but working class, insular, Asian background, Muslim, same vernacular, same you know the, the shorthand. Everything yeah. was just. It's like probably got to go together, and so that then that winter I so like winter twenty fifteen I got given another comedy show, uh, this time from Sky about uh, centered around Christmas. So I cast guys in that. Yes, uh, I don't know if you was that a, a, uh, a, a, a one off. Ca- yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, I, so I cast guys in that, and then.
0: Uh, uh, like, and me and my missus watched it, it uh, this Christmas because oh, nice. it was on demand still and all oh, that. Nice. Kind of. And we we're like,
1: "Oh, lovely! There you go." Nice. And 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 <laughs> and then and then we were just like, "We just got to work with each other as much as as much as we can." Yeah. Uh, and then the man like Mubin thing came up, and he's like, "I want Tez in that." And then I got I got put in that. And then that went to series. I stayed in that. And then when I got my Channel Four pilot, um, yeah. Bounty, I wanted guys in that. Yeah, yeah And yeah. now on my on my on my on my new show coming out next week, we've got, I've got guys in the sketches for that as well. So yeah. Remember the, there was I think it was the second or third time we worked together. People were like, why do you two always want to work together? I'm like, did you ask Anton Deck that question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all, all, these, all these... Did you ask Ben Stiller and all the guys he works with? Did you ask him that question? I think
0: so much of that stuff, people from the outside, and not speaking of this scenario specifically, but from the outside, people see people working together a lot and think of nepotism and think, oh, mm, it's an mm. old boys club or whatever else. The fact is, if you meet someone that you... Get on with because you're gonna to have to spend a lot of time together that is good to work with on set, that isn't like gonna be a nightmare or whatever else. Then you're gonna if if you've got the roles and the things like that, it's it's one job done. It's like all right, well that's gaz obviously. Let's have a look at it. Uh, yeah Yeah, yeah.
1: anything i've ever want to put goes in that's the one role we didn't have to audition for yeah because now they're like yeah we've seen your chemistry on over two or three different things i mean no that's the relationship that relationship is going to be fine yeah that's done um and i've always been a big believer in if you've got a project that is yours you bring your friends in
0: yeah
1: because you try and make that project as fun as possible because if you're having fun hopefully that will be projected onto the screen when people see it completely so in terms of the process of making Mubin, yeah, I mean, Gus writes the scripts with Andy Milligan yeah. uh, and then we bring him into rehearsal. And he's amazing. Yeah, yeah he's a great him. guy. He's, he's such a good guy. Great and I'd never met well. him before that. But, um, uh, yeah, I really gone on with him. No, actually, no, the, so, actually, he got brought in for the Ramadan shorts. Right. That we did. So, to, oh, to really? Help get yeah, the, because yeah, We were yeah. New, brand new writers who'd never written for screen before. So he'd come in to get, I think that's how they they'd met and forged their relationship. Yeah. So, yeah, we go in and rehearse and. Not, not being trained actors uh we are not slave to the lines shall yeah. we say yeah that would yeah. be, be written down so i always yeah. try and make it as authentic in the voice of the person that i'm playing because i'm like yeah. okay if i'm playing this dumb kid from birmingham what how would he say the line what else might he say yeah so there's a lot of things where they might say something and i will just chip in as eight yeah because i'm like as long as he says something that is slightly off kilter to the conversation that's happening. It's fine. It doesn't yeah. really matter. So there's a lot of things that I will say that end up making the edit. So, so in the f- very first episode, when they when there's a, the dead cat in the bag, and um and, and and they go to him, why did you not look inside the bag to see what was inside it? And I just go, But well, when you buy a kind of Coke from the shop, do you look inside to see if it's got cork in it, or does it just have cork in it? That's the line that I improvised. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. like that is because he has to have an internal logic. Yeah, yeah. It's not just yeah, stupid. Yeah, it's like, yeah, There's yeah, a reason there's why he there. thinks these things. Yeah. Like, and you look at him going, that is fair.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Gus is a f- a fucker for that though, man. On on Walk Like a Panther, there was a f- b- b- because our first couple of s- scripted scenes, we kind of added a few bits, improvised mm, bits. Mm. We were getting s- slung in loads of extra scenes, and there was a couple where the lines he was improvising. Th- thankfully, th- th- they were like these quite wides, and we were walking around. I was just like, oh, "Where's the camera? Okay, turn away from the camera," because I was just laughing yeah, falling yeah, apart yeah, he was yeah, just yeah, he, he was yeah. coming out with these things I'm he's like so funny and he's really good at this and, like... and, and Neil Fitzmorris as well who was kind of our partner in that and he's a pr- absolute pro so I was like there was points where I was like I need to leave them two to riff off each other because I'm just enjoying them riffing off each other to uh, too much cunning. so yeah it must be a fun one, oh, sir.
1: It's, it's so fun to play that with. Because again, Gus is not a trained actor. I'm not a trained actor. Tully's not a trained actor. And yeah. you know, du' very young and inexperienced, and and she hasn't gone to drama school yet. Yeah. I know if she, hopefully, she will. But I'm not sure what she wants to do uh, when she lives at college. But, but yeah, so we have you just have so much fun. And now now and again, a guest will come in, uh, like black like Perry who plays who plays Officer Harper. Yeah. will come in who's just an absolute pro, and you just watch him going oh that's how you do it yeah um between us uh, we, uh, <laughs> yeah. we, just, we just have fun and every single take is different the line is slightly different the I inflection is slightly different because A, we're trying to remember the line but also we're trying to put our character as the top of our character on the line as well
0: yeah it's, it's so it's, much fun it's great i think it's such an important show because it's the the characters in it are, 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 are muslim characters but it's not about Religion. No, it's no, not about race. It's not about any of that. Oh, it's about racing parts because of the police involvement, but it's more about class as well in that kind of area. Yeah, class um, is so important. Me and Gus talk about that all the time. Yeah, and it's just it's it's fantastic. And I recommend anyone who hasn't seen it to give it a look. And more than anything, because I I love series one, but series two blew me away. Really? I like, I felt it just took it to the next level. That last episode or two, where it just suddenly got emotional mm. and dramatic and mm. heavy. It was like, I was kind of laughing along and enjoying the the pastiche of m- modern society and the the, t- the Tommy Robertson-type character in the back of the police van, all this kind of thing. I was like, this is all great. And then it just ramped up at the yeah, end now, out back of back nowhere. Back and it very real, didn't it? Yeah. I love it. It's ex- exciting. So what I, I know Gus was saying is, I'm sure he said it online, so I'm sure it wasn't in a private conversation. He was saying his plan is like one more series and that's probably... He wants to yeah, try the story. That's what,
1: up. that's what he said. He said to me. I mean, well. that so changes got, all the time. All that yeah, running, of course. And, so. and who knows if the BBC making a, a nice offer? That would be that would be nice. Yeah, so yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah, if yeah. any other person has had Netflix, want to take it on? That would also yeah. be cool. But but I think yeah, I think the plan is to do one. I may be filming it later this year yeah. to do one more. But um, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's very exciting because I don't know what's happening. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see where it goes. But I I love those one-off episodes that about. Nothing, you know, the like yeah. the hospital episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my that's my single favorite. Episode. I auditioned
0: for that. Did you? Yeah. To play the guy behind the the reception, the, oh, nice. the kind of
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, gap year student yeah, type, yeah, yeah, type yeah, yeah, replacement yeah. guy. Yeah, but yeah, amazing episode. Just the conversations in the in the in the waiting room and all that kind of thing. It's all
1: yeah. That was that was such a fun episode. I mean, that was a leisure centre. I mean, oh really? We, just, we were there for like five days, just going absolutely mental. Because no one wants to be stuck in a leisure centre for more than half an hour.
0: Because that that felt like there must have been a fair bit of improvisation because of all the just all the stuff in the in in in, in oh it's all in the waiting room essentially, but all that kind of the back and forth in yeah, there and the yeah, different yeah. people leaning in and all that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and so much of I don't know the crew trying to remember who was sat where during which line because obviously you shoot, you shoot yeah, in all the different lines yeah and yeah, stuff, yeah, and, yeah. and were, the extras were coming in for four days just making sure they were sat in the right places their makeup was like because they're in hospital they're all some of them are injured yeah to make sure that was all it's consistent and old, stuff yeah. and so it's the first time i've ever been part of something like that and i was like god I, like people who make the walking dead and so you know when they've got like a thousand extras <laughs> yeah. dressed as zombies like that stuff logistically must be such a, yeah. a huge thing yeah. be, like i remember watching the the making of like game of thrones the end of the end documentary that they made afterwards and the yeah. amount of work and effort that goes into that and I was just like I've just done something on such a small like a small BBC sitcom yeah like it's probably one 1000 of the budget of Game of Thrones yeah and that felt like a logistical or, nightmare for me for someone who was not really a detailed guy
0: or, or when I was on, on on Taboo like when we were working on the character I was like I was, I was with the makeup person we oh, oh, we designed all the tattoos and we mm. came up with all these ideas mm. and the meanings all this kind of it's all exciting then a week in you realise oh this means two hours in makeup every morning <laughs> yeah. so i'm getting picked up yeah. two hours early and st- yeah st- st- stevie graham as well had obviously a big toe drawn on his head and the two of us it was like oh, us two in what, every morning to you, get toes on our arms we, hands. Like, this. this was all exciting when we were coming up with how this is going to look and now it's every morning two hours earlier and again that's tiny compared yeah. to your game of thrones type yeah oh god disfigurement and all that yeah, kind of I shit know,
1: and i read about sometimes like not Game of Thrones necessarily, but those big, those big taps movies, fantasy, action, sci-fi tap movies where people have to be in makeup for seven hours yeah. to get yeah, ready. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. how long do they film a day then? Or what time sure. are they getting in? Because sure. that's seven hours a day. That would drive you mental. That's it's right. no wonder these actors go insane. Yeah. I have such a respect for the industry now that I never had before I got into it. That was like, when people are like, oh, well, you know, it's just an acting. And I went, mate, you have no idea. Yeah. It's, 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 this job is insane.
0: Yeah, completely. Well, I'll start to kind of start to round things up and get towards the end. But I had someone the other day message me somewhere saying, oh, uh, I remember when the podcast wasn't all press junkets. It's literally I had two press junkets in a row. <laughs> After I, like, I sent him an example of ones from this year of doctors, all sorts of dope shit. But because of that, I should now remember that we're actually meant to be here to talk about the Like, we're an hour in and we've not touched on the Tez O'Clock show, which is your new show, which which is... So let's get to the press junket part of this. Yeah, I apologise. That's what this is meant to be. I apologise Graham. Yeah, exactly. This is how we do press junkets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tez on a bed. Yeah. And talking about Blackburn. Man. (laughs) So how... What's the plan? How's it all all going? It's exciting, right? You've got got your own show. It seemed... I, I'm sure I t- tweeted you or messaged you when I saw the announcement online, and it was genuinely exciting because obviously all this stuff is going on, on behind the scenes, but it seemed like it came out of nowhere. Uh, you know, I was aware of the things you were doing, but it was yeah, like,
1: yeah, you've
0: got your own all no, this. I was like, whoa, it came out of nowhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, was it. so, bro, it's, it's the most bizarre thing because there's things that you desperately want and work on that just take. Like bounty, yeah, yeah. My my Channel Four sitcom that was just taking forever, and there's, there's still a couple of hurdles I need to jump to try and get that over the line. Yeah, but this was kind of the fastest thing that that's happened. I'm in, glad
0: and, and it was because that's what it felt like. Like
1: how? When did this? And I was like, bro, I, I don't know how this has happened. So we went to them last May from so May 2018, and was like, we've got this idea. What well, What you, you guys reckon? And they were like. Yeah, what are you? Why uh, who's it with? It's with ch- um, so with so with expectation entertainment yep. um, who make the big nasty show who are yep. making more show yep. and the guys from there previously worked on the last leg yep. so they they have experience in this experience type of show huge experience, experience. Yeah, yeah. and expertise so I'm I'm in I'm in very safe hands yeah and was, it's for Channel Four and uh, and so and so and so Channel so Channel Four were really there's a woman called Saida. Uh it's really funny when you get one uh, person from an ethnic background how things how things how things change almost like. The system works yeah. when 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 you when you when you have diversity um and she and she was really excited by it, and she was really op- open to breaking new voices, yeah, uh, and I was one of the voices that she 'd seen on the circuit and really wanted to work with, with and so I went into a meeting with her, and she said, why don 't you pair up with this production company? I really like them. see what you come up with and I was like well i 've got loads of ideas about yeah. my own show and stuff, so I started working with expectation, we went back and forth with a few ideas, and they submit something to uh Syeda at channel Four, and she was like. Yeah, I don't love all of this, but I love where it's going. So why don't you, once, you, once we're already happy with what we're going to make, why don't you do a pilot? A non-TX, so not for TV,
0: yeah.
1: uh, just for in-house pilot. And we, I was like, great, this is, yeah, this is bubbling along nicely. This is how it's, things are supposed to be, and I'll do that pilot, and then we learn from it, and we pitch for a series. So this, this, this is now about September. So we're now going back and forth with exactly what we want the show to be. Then in early January, my manager calls me, and she's like, oh, not even, there's no excitement in her voice she's like oh, you never guess what's happened and she's telling the story for about five minutes and I'm like Polly what's happened and she went oh yeah they want to make uh, the Tez Clock Show a, a three part series for TV and I'm like sorry what? <laughs> sorry what? and why didn't you open the conversation with this? <laughs> so I was like what's, explain to me what's happened and she went "Yes, yeah, Saeeda was just like why do we need a pilot? why do we need a not for TV pilot? just, just here's three episodes see how you get on and I was like this is this doesn't happen. I love it. So it was just mad. So then then suddenly we were like, well, when are we announcing this? And we announced it and it was just Yeah, just transformative. And I think what happened was because my pilot sitcom was doing really well at Channel 4, right? Saida was like, Well, I want to be at this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well if this is if this guy's gonna be the new face of the channel or, or part or part of this new generation of talent that are breaking into the channel, and do it, then I wanna get in, I, button I, button wanna, in I wanna now, get in on yeah. the ground. So she's like yeah well let's give him let's give him I'm going I'm going to preempt this this pie, this, this series the this sitcom series and, and give him his entertainment series and I was like well thank you very much Saida. Yeah, this is brilliant. Let's do that. Um and so now we've been steadily working away for the last 6 months and suddenly it's yeah as of recording this it starts next this time next week I'll have done the first episode and it'll be yeah. airing this time next week. So yeah so we're recording on Wednesdays and it goes out on Thursdays overnight edit. But yeah it's it's it's, a, so it's a, amazing. So, so, so what's it going to be? So, so so it's a satire show as you know all all, all comics all comics of a certain type, of which I am, have this idea in the head of their own daily show kind of thing. So it's not it's not the daily show, but the, you know that kind of show. And so this this is mine. So it's a mix of pre-recorded sketches,
0: yep.
1: provocative monologues, Great. and studio discussions. Yeah. So we've got we've got pre-recorded ske- sketches that were recorded last week, and guzz is, Guz is in those. Yeah. Uh, that's that's where I managed to bring him in, and that's where his his time was free to do um so we've got those and those are just like oh yeah we've got some we've got some mad stuff i was looking at some Brilliant. of the rushes yesterday and i was like this is good but we might not come back for a second series because <laughs> we might just get permanently cancelled after have to go on stack shelves in Asda in blackburn after this i love but it it's it gonna be mad and then in the studio we've got a topical monologue and then a another monologue about stuff that i care about uh that's not necessarily topical of the day but things that people can relate to and then we've got a shisha cafe Brilliant. where me and Sindhu V are going to interview uh, guests who come in every single week about things that they care about and and things that they might be working on. Um, And then we've got another area where, inspired by the Home Office, we've got a briefing room. So in the Home Office, what you do is you brief ministers and Secretary of State about things they want to know about or implement policies on. So I'm going to be the Secretary of State for LOLs. And I've got Sophie Willen and Adam Rowe, two working-class Northern comedians, very, very funny, who are going to come in and take opposing views on a thing that I want to know more about. So, for example, oh, if the subject was, should you throw milkshakes on politicians you don't agree with, one will argue, will try trying to convince me that, yes, it is a good idea, and the other person will argue with me, that is not a good idea. Yeah. And there'll be a scope for them to go at it with each other as well. Yeah. So that's sort of like the argument that you have with your friends in the pub. Yeah. You have an element of that, but also an element of a professional briefing.
0: So you'll be like the person who's watching an argument on Twitter. Yes. Like, yeah, <laughs> and trying to chip in, going, yeah, 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 but, yeah, but... <laughs> Um, I love it. It sounds and, amazing. Yeah, I'm
1: gonna we'll get the audience's opinion as well because we're, just talk, we're going to talk about topics that people have that people really care about. Yeah, and there'll be, I think, every week in that in that section there'll be two serious topics, um, maybe like you know, uh, should we excuse politicians who take class A drugs, and, and the wide discussion that that brings up, and then there'll be more trivial topics like, did, 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 did we land on the moon? Because yeah, it's the yeah, 50th anniversary of yeah, yeah, the moon yeah, landing. Yeah, yeah. Or do you wash your shower did you, do you wash your legs in the shower yeah it's things that people are talking about but are not necessarily the more trivial yeah. uh, in, in nature um I mean not that the moon landing was trivial but the conspiracy theory around yeah, it is, yeah. you know um is more trivial so 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 yeah so it's just so, so that's a real uh, I, I i think it it can be a real breakup moment for i mean Sophie's already breaking out because she's doing really well before yeah. Adam, this is his first piece of real television and I'm, and I'm a big fan of his i mean you see him yeah and and, and go and see his work he, he's brilliant so, so i'm really excited. For him, yeah, uh, to be able to do something on TV, and, and he loves being contrarian. Yeah. If you give him a subject, he will love being the guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, who, yeah. Even if it, you know
1: he, he he's a sound, he's a really sound guy, so he has you know good sound opinions, but he loves being the devil's advocate yeah. in situations. So he will run with that. Yeah. and what I like about them, they're really two strong, brash, obnoxious northern characters. Brilliant. So if I put them against someone who's more polite they might get intimidated whereas those two will not get intimidated by each other and they will, they will go hell for leather at each other. And I, and I think it will be make for really good TV. I
0: love it. I, I think it's great because I think for ages, the UK tried to do the, their version of the daily show. And weirdly a British person did that in America with, uh, this yeah, week tonight John, yeah. with, with John Oliver, which yeah. is, I I prefer that to the yeah. daily show now. I think it's absolutely amazing. But, but, but what's great is we've got to that point now over here where we're getting those shows being made, but they're of their own steam and their own style. I think the MASH report is fantastic. Yes. I think Frankie Ball's New World Order thing is amazing, but neither of them are trying to be the no. Daily Show now, and no. this sounds like it's completely not. It's, it's it's wanting to have that same impact and same almost remit, but it's completely its own thing, and it's completely its own own beast. So that sounds... Completely and and I wanted to, want
1: to put my stamp on it as 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 a northern as well. So we're filming in Manchester with mainly northern talent. Brilliant. Um, Gus being from West Midlands, boo. Um, but 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 yeah, so, it's so north really, to the London is, is it, yeah, exactly. uh, media it's world. <laughs> yes, yeah, north of the M25, which is which is far yeah, enough. Exactly. Yeah, I can see people getting nosebleeds as they as they as move towards Luton. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's 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 so, it's so exciting and. Yeah, you because know, of this type of show, I have, again, so many inspirations, but it's not about copying anyone's thing; it's about being inspired and then yeah. putting your own stamp on it. So Russell Howard's good
0: news, the Chappelle show, yeah. Key and Peele. I was going to say, Sh- Sh- Chappelle jumped out with the idea of the sketches and of then course, coming com- back com- to the studio and kind of... Completely,
1: completely. Um, Key and Peele
0: as well, that was so overlooked in this country. I happened to be sp- spending a lot of time in America when that was on, and I literally, I watched three episodes, I was like, there wasn't a bad sketch yeah, there. Yeah. And then I downloaded yeah, all yeah, the series yeah, yeah. from my they're plane. Incredible. And they're, they're amazing. The yeah, it never really popped over here. It's it never amazing. really got noticed. And but I think,
1: yeah, it was, it was that, um, the substitute teacher sketch. Yeah. Ear on. Yeah, that yeah, was a sketch yeah, that people yeah, were like, yeah. What is this show? And then suddenly you start watching this and you're like, these guys are incredible. And then get out and...
0: But then Chappelle's a similar one, man, because that was all off the back of over here. And it's weird, because I don't know if it, tr- it, tr- it, tr- it translates as well. Because over here, we got the the Rick James... Mm. Uh, s- mm. sketches mm. And, and things like that. And then I bought the box sets and it is one of them weird ones, kind of unlike Family Guy. If you do get on a subject that is so American or so specific, you're like, yeah. don't know what's going yeah, on here. Yeah, and yeah, and, and, and yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was so excited to, to, to get the Chappelle Show box set. And it's still amazing. I'm not dissing it in any way. But there was a lot of really American, really of its time references that mm. I was sitting there for ages going... All right. I don't really know what's funny about this, but yeah, let's yeah. get back to but you make the leap though. Charlie Murphy. Yeah, you try and make the leap though. You're yeah, like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. they know what
1: this is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um Yeah, there's something again, the Mash Report, the eleven o'clock show, yeah. the day to day. So there's so many different places to find inspiration from and then it's about getting all those looking at all those inspirations, thinking, okay, what do I want to do? What do I want to yeah. say? And, and 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 I'd I'd love to make a show that isn't just Guys, he is me regurgitating opinions that 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 are popular and I'm preaching to the converted. Like I wanna, I wanna challenge people's opinions about stuff. So I'm gonna, like, I, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a remainer because you know, I've common sense. But I, 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 am gonna do a pro Brexit monologue because yeah. because I'm like, there, there is actually a case to be made. Apart, aside from all mate, of the rhetoric that the UKIP and all those guys come up with, there is actually a sensible mate, that's, Brexit argument to it's, be made. It's, it's great to and hear no because and no
0: one's made it. Completely. I'm 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 also obviously a Remainer, but what the mistake that people make is that all Brexiteers are racists or they're this or they're ignorant or they're idiots. A lot of them don't like the EU and the the, the system of power that's set up there and all these different things there. Mm. There's a lot there that mm. you can argue mm. against. Now, mm. I would take the EU over a Tory government any day of the week, but still, do you know what I mean? I can see where there there are yeah, logical yeah. arguments and I think it comes back around to where we started on social media as has really pushed tribalism yes. in us, and it's really yes. us versus yes. them rather than oh they have a different opinion yeah. i again this is weird I'm picking up on all I sound like a really sensitive dude, but i I mentioned this on an, another podcast for the first time in years. I read some of the reviews of my podcast for some reason on the on the iTunes thing okay, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah I didn't yeah, read yeah, any of yeah. the good ones there's thousands oh, of good ones. I read course, the bad ones, which is course, stupid but of course I, I, one of them said, oh, people argue a one thing, and then a month or so later he's arguing completely the other thing. It's so, like I thought about that and I thought, I think I know the specific things he's talking about, but I take pride in that because I think you should be able to debate and change your mind of on course. stuff. The the one that comes to mind is for years I've always been very much work, 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 everything is work. I don't take time off. I don't I, take holidays. I had, had Rutger Bregman on, who's this amazing thinker. He's doing. He's on tons of the political shows these days. And one of the things that really rung true with me, and speaking to a few other people as well, is that we used to put loads of weight and love in, into leisure, and leisure being a positive thing. Now we have leisure as, oh, I'm being lazy, or you feel guilty yeah. because you're playing yeah, a computer yeah. game in your pants, yeah, 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 rather yeah, than yeah. writing a new script or yeah. working on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And his whole point was is a really important part of life, and we should be aiming for that. Four day working week or whatever else, rather than going, well, I want a seven day working week, I want extra days and all that. So there's things like that. I think it's good to, I think we need to get more to a society where we don't just hold our own opinions against all else. It's good to have them tested, to of be course. questioned. So I think that's, uh, that's that's really positive to hear someone who I know is obviously on, 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 on the left side of views to go, right, I'm going to go on my show that will attract a lot of my audience. Mm-hmm. And go right. Here's the argument for Brexit.
1: Yeah, you know? yeah. Because there is. A, I remember I worked at the Home Office for ten years. Yeah, we worked closely with the EU. There are things that I worked on that I had that we had to go to the EU to get the various things within the Modern Slavery Unit and stuff. And and you just and we were so frustrated by them, so yeah. frustrated by them. And we used to talk about how cumbersome and bureaucratic and 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 ridiculous the whole thing was. And then the EU referendum came, and we were kind of like there's a case to be made to leave yeah no one's yeah. making it yeah and, and 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 the case that is being made to leave isn't the right one no but there is a there is a case out there you know the i mean the eu forced austerity onto greece portugal uh ireland and italy yeah and we talk about on the left here we talk about how bad austerity is yeah. and, and how there are other ways of coming out of economic recession but this is the institution that we're defending that actually forced that onto these four countries. Yeah. Uh, and in, and, and, and in Greece's example, catastrophically. And yet this is... I'm getting it's into it a little no, bit now, completely, so it's just, yeah, it's
0: completely, it's a similar thing to what we were saying earlier, though, of I think Hillary is shit, yeah. but I still wanted her in his of course. The, the yeah. side of Trump. Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah, a similar yeah, thing here. Yeah, there yeah. are arguments the for e- Brexit. E- I still don't want Brexit. No, no. But, but there are... It's It's ignorant... To try and paint everything as so black yes, and white, exactly. and so us exactly. versus them. Because when... the EU
1: will curb the worst excesses of your government, yeah. which is good. Which, which, which without it, we then. And, and, and I'm in Scotland, voting for SNP, or yeah. probably for the foreseeable future, we're stuck with a Tory government. Yeah, or yeah. or or a if not majority Tory government, then probably a minority Tory government. Because without Scotland, Labour, whatever you think of Jeremy Corbyn, whoever might come in next, and mm. and, and happen to be. I happen to think he'd, be, he'd do a good job. But but whoever might come in next, whoever it might be, even if they're super popular, without Scotland, are not going to be able to win a working majority. So yeah, so it's, so it's, it's, it's great, kind right. of like when the, maybe we do need the EU to curb the Tories' excesses. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't understand the love for the Lib Dems because I think something that middle-class people who, who are campaigning for a second referendum are missing is there was a reason why people voted for Brexit and that reason was because society wasn't working for them. Yeah. What the Lib Dems will offer is the status quo that we had in 2016. Yeah, remember that wasn't working for people. Remember we were slap bang in the middle of austerity, and people Completely. were on their knees. I mean, food banks and all that stuff. The Lib Dems economically are centre right. Yeah, that is not going to work for the majority of people that need change. Yeah. So how can uh, yeah it's, yeah I mean we go into it. It's yeah,
0: again, like it's it's it, it's it's that that messiness, isn't it? In the Corvin has bought a load of lapsed voters or, or non-voters in but then he's also seems to have lost a load of mm. traditional Labour voters so it makes it really hard to read because yeah. again yeah. and it's all just... well and good 100,000 people s- s- singing his name at Glastonbury mm. 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 but they all mm. need to get out and mm. vote if, mm. if they're going to mm. make an impact and a lot of them aren't going to a lot of them are going to go oh it's good in the field yeah, oh chair of it it's like all right oh.
1: And I, I remember that summer, that same summer, yeah. I was wearing my Jeremy Corbyn t the Corbyn t the, the, like the Run DMC one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I came out to a gig in Liverpool, and they sang old oh Jeremy Corbyn at me for a full minute. Yeah. And I was like, "This is fucking mental." Yeah. And it really felt like something was gonna happen. Well, it, I mean, it kind of did because he really did. He resurrected the Labour Party yep. back then because remember before that in the Ed Miliband election, we there was trounced.
0: was Yeah.
1: Um, and he came and 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 actually, Labour performed. Way bit above expectations, yeah. In that election, even even though we still lost, but it's yeah, it's, it's it, it is mad because there are, it, it just seemed like a lot of the tide has turned against Corbyn and it's a murky, world yeah, well I done, man. I don't know if he can bring it back round. Not, I, don't know, I don't know if his policies are enough to bring it back round.
0: Not to get into a conspiracy theory area of walking on the moon and whatever, but again, I completely agree. At that era, it felt like this guy was the big change. And then he was really brought down on his ass, And you wonder what powers were pushing yeah, that and, and were pushing this and pushing and these different, so different angles. And
1: it's, so, it's from so many different angles. If it was just one line of attack, you can defend that. But when the yeah. attack is coming from the front, the back, the left, the right, up and yeah. down, it's, it's too many. And sometimes you think, well, yeah, I don't know.
0: And to be know. clear, I'm not d- decided on the guy. I'm, I'm mm. not completely on board. I felt, again, it was that exact thing of people are getting caught up in an idea, rather than reading policies and anything else, there was a lot of is "Oh, he's of this cool guy. He's, there is he spoke to, to Skepta or, or, <laughs> yeah. or, or, or whoever else is <laughs> like." Think and again, it was the, it was the the replicating of of Bernie in America. Bernie was down with person. Killer Mike and was yeah. actually doing this. All. Yeah,
1: yeah. And there is a cult of personality that comes with it. But I think what I would recommend everyone to do when there is another general election is there are there are websites dedicated to taking all of the um uh the policies that that yeah. the, that the parties are say they're going to enact their manifestos is what we call it yeah um uh, stripping them apart and then and then creating a poll based on what you believe so you ask yeah. these questions and then, it and then tells that, you who and that spits out at the end you best yeah based on your views that you've told them who you should vote for yeah and mine came out every single time i've done it it's come out as labor yeah so then i'm like okay well I'm telling them what I want and they're telling me which party is going to enact those. That doesn't mean I agree 100% with what they're going to say, yeah. but that, that party best matches what I want to do. You know, remarkably on those Completely. websites, I am more BNP than I am conservative. Really? Because BNP have a really uh, progressive economic strategy. Wow. Whereas, whereas I was like 6% conservative, yeah. I was like 34% BNP. Just based on the economics. That's um, mad, isn't model. it? Really crazy. Really crazy. I
0: love it, and I love stuff like that because I, I, I heard someone trying to argue against that and saying, "Oh yeah, but you're going to give the answers that you think lead to the party that you want." It's like, well, that's even better then, because that, because you might be yeah. wrong. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, what yeah, you, yeah, you're putting yeah. in what you think your party represents. So if they don't, you want to know that. If they do represent what you think they represent then it's all good, man. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's a better system than, it's a more objective system than people, than sitting in your echo chamber on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is also a problem.
0: It is. Anyway, let's wrap things up. That was one well, though. Uh, what's ahead? Other than the Tez O'Clock show, it's obviously okay. exciting. This is going to be going out, I think, just as it's all finishing, but it'll, I assume it'll, it'll be, be on, on, it'll be on, on, on demand. All,
1: yeah, it'll be on all four, four which is uh, Channel 4's iPlayer. Yeah. Uh, so please, if you haven't seen it, please do go watch it, and if there's any clips online that you like, please share them about, all of that stuff, and and if you do enjoy it, please tell your friends, and if you don't, don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Uh, so, so what else is ahead? Are you de- developing Bounty, did you say, or trying to yes. see if that can become a... Yes.
1: So Bounty is the pilot that I had for uh, Channel 4. It's, yep. a, it's a sitcom a narrative piece, and, yeah, so we're developing that. Um, I've now brought a writer on board, uh, a most experienced writer on board to help me try and get that over the line. Because, because you know, this is not my... I'm, I'm very new to this. You know, I've done 1,500 stand-up gigs. I'm very comfortable doing that. This is the third or fourth script that I've written. written. So, yeah. So, yeah, you need people who have expertise to help you get these things over the line. Uh, and, you know, in America, they have big writing rooms. There's no shame in 100%. asking for help. Is this, yeah. You do what you need to do. Um, so, yeah, so hopefully there'll be something to report on that positively over the next... Uh, month or so, and then um, and then yeah, third series of Man Like Morbin,
0: amazing, which we really wait.
1: excited about. And then from September, I don't know when this goes out. It might be in September or after, but uh, yeah, I'm going to start developing new material to hopefully take to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival next summer. Wicked. To then tour, do an issue tour off the back of the following so autumn winter,
0: 2020. And 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 them comedy tours are no joke they're they're normally months it's long yeah 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 and intense yeah and i'm I'm
1: hoping by then to have reached a point where hopefully a lot of people will want to come out and see me in a lot of different places yeah that'd be nice
0: i'm sure they will well thank you very much i'm glad we got to do this and it's exciting to see all that's ahead
1: absolute pleasure man so nice to meet you thank you cheers man been listening to scroobius pips distraction
0: pieces that was tez i told you that was a good one i love chatting with tez it was, I, i'm a big fan of his work and i'm honored that he's even remotely f- familiar with me I it's mad when these things are coming about that there's people who are into my stuff and i'm into their stuff and so on and so forth anyway n- next week's guest is frank turner and we recorded that on the hottest day of the year at the time it was ridiculous but it was l- lovely because frank has got a new record that he's written each song is about a different kind of overlooked w- a woman f- from history and it's amazing it's really good he's, he's done a podcast to accompany company, and we thought it'd be a good time for him to come on to my podcast and chat about it so um yeah check that out obviously as i mentioned if you haven't already the pod Bible podcast, please i'm going to keep going on about it so you may as well just download it and support it, and then I can calm down and stop going on about it l- 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 obviously once it's the biggest podcast in the world, I won't have to keep banging on about it so it's um it's out now on on iTunes acast and everywhere else so check out the pod Bible podcast come along to the London podcast festival and meet all of us distraction pieces people and pod Bible people where we have the hardest part of the jaw and we have hardcore house party so come and get involved in them they're going to be a lot of fun tickets are available now swoop it'll be lovely to see as many of you as humanly possible i think that's everything i need to tell you about there's probably more but yeah let's let's just let's leave it at that i'll see you next week this is the worst ending like outro i've ever done um it was rambly it was messy i'm stuttering now oh anyway there's some amazing guests to come a little s- s- secret i'm ending september with maybe the biggest guest i've ever had <laughs> so there we go patreon.com slash pip and you can f- f- can find out who these guests are and who's already been recorded and i'm waiting to release but yeah see you all next week ta-ta